So I have a few clients even that, that we'd use that, you know, I would trust to hire out. The challenge with hiring out though, unless a company has been properly vetted, I have seen train wrecks year over year over year. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PNP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the pest and lawn control control pest and lawn. Oh, How about that? Here we go. Yep. And we take it to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me is Mr. Autocorrect himself, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good afternoon? Introduce our sponsors. Introduce our topic and our very special guest you got all that i just want to, did you write that one down? two three yes okay, not in that order but right, go ahead it. so uh good afternoon dan gordon pco bookkeepers pco MA specialists uh exit planning cfo work for the pest control <laughs> industry you haven't forgotten your checklist already yeah, all right yeah, keep going. Yeah. anyway anyway uh so uh this episode as others are sponsored by our sponsors uh the first one is for digital marketing Coal March by Workwave. If you want uh, to get uh, some work done by them, visit their website, coalmarch.com. And then for those of uh, you who are um, looking for insurance for the pest control uh, market, it's uh, PestSure. Visit them at pestsure.com. They offer general, general liability, auto, workers' comp, and a host of others. And today, really, really cool episode. Today is really just awesome. Okay, so we have a fellow named Lenny Gray. Lenny is the author of The Door-to-Door Millionaire and more Door-to-Door Millionaire. He wrote these books to teach his proven sales techniques to other companies to bring transparency to an industry that's often criticized for unethical sales practices. Um, I, you know, uh, just uh, his reputation speaks for itself. We've had bunch of clients who have worked with him and just say the greatest things. So, uh, so welcome, Lenny. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, uh, we're here. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. Lenny, before you get going, I I have two things. Number one, Dan, I love you, but you missed up the check. Yes. The title, the topic. (laughs) So, just for our listeners, the, t- the title for this episode is Door to Door, Get the Sales You Need with a Proven Playbook That Works. And we came up with this episode because I am I am not ashamed to admit, nor am I, I am a happy client of Lenny's. We've used him here at Triangle and he did a fantastic job. I thought it'd be great to bring him onto the podcast, talk a little bit about what he does, talk a little bit about door to door in general. I thought it'd be a great conversation. And so that's my disclaimer. That's me cleaning up Dan's checklist. And now, Lenny, hello. Welcome hey. to the podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. There we are. Better, better late than never. Right. So, Dan, you did fantastic. Thanks. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah. So, yeah. Been in the door-to-door game for 25 years now. This is this is year 25 for me and uh, enjoyed enjoyed the ride. Never thought in a million years I'd, I'd own a pest control company and and be teaching door-to-door sales training, but uh, that's what I do. And got into it, actually a buddy of mine uh, from high school talked to me about it. One summer I went and served a, a two-year church mission and and I got back and he got back and he said, hey, I'm going to go sell pest control door. I've never heard of pest control. You know, I'm born and raised in, in Utah, 
my parents couldn't afford it anyway. We couldn't afford a pest control company. So never had one, never knew that was even a thing. So I, I did not believe him. And I said, why don't you go out and do it? And if it's real, then let me know and I'll do it with you in the next year. And sure enough, he called me in September and said, hey, I made 25 grand or whatever it was. And, and you need to come out. I'm going to be a, a manager, a team lead in Birmingham, Alabama, and you need to come join me. So that was my start. I, I started in Birmingham, Alabama. My wife and I, we packed up everything we owned in our Nissan Altima. We drove across the country, set up shop in Homewood, Alabama, and, and the rest is history from there. Wow. Well, yeah. well, welcome to welcome to the podcast and we're very glad to have you here. And I, I thought it'd be good just to get us started in talking about door-to-door as an overall sales strategy, you know, we some listeners are are door to door companies. Some of our listeners are not, and I thought it'd be good just to kind of talk through what, what do you, you know, for you, Lenny, what do you see, you know, door to door as a sales strategy? What are some of the pros? What are some of the cons? Can you just kind of talk through that, just the general strategy to begin with, and then we'll get in, you know, about recruiting and kind of some of the some of the functional things of actually doing it. But just can you just high level? What are some good things about door-to-door? What are some things that you really need to be paying attention to and watch out for? Yeah, I think for, you know, door-to-door, it's a, it's a very targeted method, right? You, you can specify a specific city, a zip code, a neighborhood where you want growth, where you want a customer base. And so being targeted versus something online, you, you run SEO, you run a, an advertisement on the, on the radio or television, whatever, you never know where things are going to be coming in. You don't know if it's even your, the demographic of, of client that you're looking for. Uh, you can get a little bit of everything. Uh, with door-to-door, it's a lot more targeted. You get that route density uh, that makes it nicer for, for the technical staff to do their job in a more efficient way. Uh, obviously, get more, more done in the day's time when there's, there's less windshield time. Uh, you know, even from the, the, the higher level of, of your P&L and fuel expenses and those types of things, you know, wear and tear on your trucks and your tires. And I mean, it goes, you know, any, any way you can get that, that route density uh, not locked in, it's a, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more convenient and, and uh, it's just a better play for, for a business in general. Uh, I, I think from a con standpoint, certainly there's, there's a reputation with door-to-door. And again, that's why I wrote two books about door-to-door sales is when I got into the industry in the late nineties, there was really nothing out there. And it was this weird, strange, you know, you got to lie, cheat and steal your way into to getting business. And, and there really wasn't much, uh, much content. So that was one of the, the reasons, one of the primary reasons I wrote these books is to, is to shed some light on this industry that, that does receive kind of a bad knock. So you do get that e- even as great as you can train your reps. I mean, inevitably, you're going to knock on somebody's door. They they're having a bad day and you get the brunt of it. And they see maybe your logo on their shirt and go, okay, triangle gotcha i'm going to leave you a bad review because you woke up my baby or or whatever you know whatever the case may be so that that's a challenge and then obviously the cost nowadays you know we'll get into the the recruiting and that and building a program but but if you're looking to sub that out uh it's a very expensive thing right now uh which is you know from where i came from 25 years ago to today part of me wishes i i i was knocking today uh Obviously not really because I've built this empire of pest control companies and, and we're doing what we're doing with training other people and, and helping other uh, our clients out to, to grow their businesses. But but yeah, it's it's a very expensive, uh, expensive route to go right right now. So just to summarize that, I mean, it sounds like under the pro side, I agree with you as far as the profitability aspect and windshield time and density and 
I, you know, but one of the things that I, I also feel like is a huge pro is just the amount of volume that doors can bring in terms of sales. You know, I don't know of another, and Dan, you feel free to plug in here, but I don't know of another sales strategy that can bring the kind of volume that doors can. I mean, even yeah, I mean, I, I would say that you don't look at it as a marketing, you look at it as a client acquisition. So if I'm going to buy a company, what's the multiple I'm going to pay? And even if you have a high attrition rate, it's still cheaper than buying a company. And this way you get exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, if if you're going to go with it, it, it's not for the faint of heart and you got to know what you're doing, right, Lenny? I mean, it's, it's, it, it's not just, okay, guys, you know, break. Everybody knock on doors. There's a strategy to it, and uh, and that and also there's a whole volume thing. So so one of the things that we see, and Lenny, maybe you could talk to this, and it's not on our outline, but uh, is the completion percentage, right? They go out and sell fifty accounts today. Can you get all of those serviced, or does some of them, you know, end up uh, uh, not not going at all? I mean, is that is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there's a lot to unpack there, but I, I think. First and foremost is there, you know, in this world, we look at pre-service cancels and post-service cancels and what makes sense. Because if you're training correctly, you don't want your door-to-door team to go out there and if they're uh, getting, you know, what they sell is getting serviced 100% of the time, then they're just selling the low-hanging fruit. They're they're selling the easy ones, uh, in, in my opinion. So to me, I like to see that attrition rate where if you have around, you know, one in 10, maybe as high as two in 10 that are that are canceling pre-service, then I, I think that's an okay number. That, that means you're stretching somebody. You're actually, you know, selling people that, that might, you know, have a, have a change of heart. Uh, they might, you know, decide differently, you know, uh, 24 hours later, 12 hours later, whatever the case may be. That's okay. We don't want it to go too high, though. Now no, that's got- interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, we- I didn't think anything was acceptable once once yeah. a salesman sells something. Oh right? no, I, I think there's definitely <laughs> acceptability levels there. But yeah. but you start getting too high, and then the rep has issues with solidifying the sale, or their their value builds weak, or, or you know the, my sales flow process that I teach. There's there's a breakdown in there that we've got to find out what that reason is for for such a high uh, turnover rate pre service. Now, post service, that's when we want to lock them in. You got to be under 5% post service. Once that service has been done, you get that initial service taken care of, you want the good majority of your accounts to uh to to stick around. You know, that that has to be uh that has to be the case. Now, that that being said, again, there's the inevitable of, you know, somebody loses their job, you know, in between those services. Somebody, you know, has to move for work or or there's a death or, you know, there's a lot of different things that are I would say that are acceptable that that are understandable from a, you know, an attrition rate uh, post-service. Um, right. I, I want to come back to something that Dan said, and it, it's kind of going with what you're saying as well, Lenny, but, you know, we're talking about cons and, and Dan's 100% correct, you know, about looking at it as customer acquisition. If you're going to go out and let's say you're going to buy a quality company, you're going to pay three X or two and a half or four and a half. I don't know. Like who knows where that number is. It's well out. more than what you can do door to door. Yes, exactly. Whatever. But let's just say you're going to pay one X or 0.75 or whatever. The, the difference is, and this is a huge, huge difference, and I want to make sure our audience understands this, is that you got to have some cash. Like this is yeah. not a strategy for like, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this acquisition and the bank is behind it and I'm going to, we're going to show them the financials and they're going to fund this out over a 10 or 20 year period. No, this is like they're going to get paid. They yep. got to get paid yep. that year. So really need to pay attention to that because I'm not aware of any bank that would say, Here's a million dollars. Go hire a door team. 
Yeah. <laughs> Unless you guys know of one, I don't know. Tell of you one. a few that would definitely say no, but yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So yeah. I mean, I guess that's another thing I would just mention to our audience is that you know if you're going to chase this, you, you need to make sure that you've got some money in the coffers because um, it, you're not going to get the benefit that you would get with a normal acquisition. Not trying to argue that you do either, just more of just kind of hey, an awareness, and so. So let's, let's talk a little bit about like, if you decide to go this way, what are some musts that in your opinion, Lenny, that you got to have like in place in order to execute it? Now, Dan's already brought up one, which is the ability to service a lot of accounts at one time. You know, if you got door teams out selling, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 accounts a day, what are some other musts that you think, you know, a company should really be thinking through before they decide to go in after door to door as a strategy? Yeah, well, and I've appreciated past episodes that that you all have have done. I'm a fan, and and when we talk about planning and we talk about training, uh, in particular, that that to me is huge. You know, from from the last episode there, and I feel like what training does is not only does it generate results, but then results generate retention. I think that's one of the biggest fails that people getting into door to door have is they hire. They don't train properly and, and it's blood, sweat and tears to hire direct sales reps. Uh, absolutely. It's not easy because it's not for the faint of heart, as Dan said. And so you get these reps that are willing, but they're not able. And, and then they get out there and they fail and they don't really have proper expectations. And then, you know, two and a half days later, five days go. later, they're out the back door. Yeah, I'm not cut so, out for this. Yep. Yeah, that, that's inevitable. So so the right training to me is is key to once those reps taste success early, that they'll continue to do the hard work that, that door-to-door is. And, and then they're gonna be retained. In fact, that helps recruiting as well because now you got people telling their friends about it and now you've kind of created this recruiting wheel because of proper training, you get the results, you get the retention, now you get the recruiting. There's our three R's right there for those of you that uh, that, uh, that appreciate uh, that appreciate that. So, uh, so yeah, I think there's there's a process there in terms of finding a way to to get that right training. And you know, lo and behold, that's that's something that that I do. Uh, that that's a piece of. In fact, Donnie, like I said, uh, Triangle's a client of mine, and I just couldn't do it as well as I could because of the volume of people that I'm having in the home service industry that have reached out to me to say, hey. We'd like you to, to come out to our office and spend a couple of days and do your training camp. So now I've got that all online. You can buy the entire package. Um, I've got a, it's about a 30,000 word playbook. It's uh, a three hour audio version of the book that I, that I, I narrate, I self narrate. And then I've got a training camp video that's another two and a half hours. And so all of these things now, I feel like somebody can go out and purchase those. And now they have that consistency and continuity in their training because what I've seen happen over the years of me being uh, being involved in the consulting game is somebody is going to uh, you know hire they've got a manager that's that's running this program well then that manager quits or leaves or, or takes another job in the company and then you've got these reps that were trained one way new manager comes in wants to train everybody another way and there's not that cons- consistency and continuity in the training so that was my vision behind creating this and it can be found at lennygray.com training uh, but i created this package that you can have into perpetuity in your company and, and you can have that consistency when you have reps coming in one year to the next or even one month or one week uh, to the next so i, I think 
primarily, you know, just to circle back to the, the original question is, is you've got to have a dialed in training program, you know, the, the know-how to, to put something like this together. So one of the things that you mentioned before was just setting expectations with reps. Something that I have learned this year is that, and we kind of failed on this to begin with, and I don't want to jump into the confessions of triangle and door to door and wins and losses, but you know, when I think about must is it's almost like you have to door to door is hard work. Like it's legit. Like you've got to really be on your, I mean, it's almost like it's a, at least for us, we thought we were going to go the marathon route and that kind of failed. And I'm more and more kind of realizing like, it's kind of a gut out sprint, you know, in your season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then people need a break, you know, like you can't, you can't, and maybe I'm just adding my own thing here, Lenny. And I I mean, feel free to correct me if you think I'm off the rails here, but I, I, to me, like the thing I've noticed the folks who really get results it's a all out gut out sprint. And then, and then they need a break or whatever. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, have you noticed that? Or is that, is that something I'm just making up? No. And I've seen it both ways. And I think generally speaking that, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the sprinter version where you're out there in the summer. Cause you look at the demographic of those that are willing to do door to door in the first place. And it's normally your, your teens, you know, late teens to to twenties. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, maybe in between colleges, that's how I got my start in door to door doing it in be, in between uh, the summers of, of college years. So it's one of those things to where I feel like, uh, you can do both. It, it just takes a different type of person. It's a different hire for, you know, the, the marathon version, the year round version versus maybe more of your summer sales model. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if I'm a listener to the podcast right now, and I've been thinking about door to door and I'm listening to this episode and I've got zero experience in this industry, what advice would you give an owner, a manager or whomever like, okay, this is how you should think about getting started. And here's some, here's a path for you to go down. Like, what, what would you say to someone that's kind of sitting in the seat and, and thinking about this as a strategy? So a real easy way to do this is literally to go to my website and schedule a call with me. I, I schedule a call with, with potential clients. It's a 15 minute call. It normally ends up being a little longer than that. But, but ideally every week I have time set aside, aside my schedule and they always get filled up where business owners are reaching out to me or, or managers, sales managers are reaching out to me and just asking the, the questions specific to their industry, specific to their, their company situation on if a door-to-door team makes sense or not. And I'm very honest and upfront with, with those things. If I don't think somebody should do it and I, I think there's, they'll get more bang for their buck somewhere else or, or what size they should start at, you know, that's, that's another thing to consider. You know, most people think, well, I'm going to go out and get 50 people to go knock doors and, and they're each going to sell a hundred accounts. And so I can start counting the dollars of how many millions we're, we're going to do in, in revenue this year. It's not really, that's not really how it works. So, so I'm always happy. And again, LennyGray.com, set up a, a free call with me and I, I can go through some of those things that maybe aren't covered in, in the podcast or you can't get on my social media stuff out there as well. So you've done a bunch of, um, I'm sure you've done a b- bunch of those calls. And uh, when you come across somebody that you just don't think needs, should do it, what are the reasons? What, who shouldn't do this? Yeah, I think if, if you're somebody who, again, does not have the capital, as Donnie mm-hmm. mentioned, yep. or does not have the, 
I'm trying to think of the nice way to, way to put it. I'll, I'll put it how you you said it, Dan. Just they're faint. They're 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 faint of heart. Let's say, and they just don't have that. Um, it's a risk reward thing, right? And so, depending on where the business is, if somebody came to me and says, you know, we're really struggling. We don't know if we're we're going to shut our doors, so we want to just put all our chips in the middle of the table and door to door. I would probably say, unless you're doing it as the owner, unless you're going door to door, and I, I will teach you how to do it uh, yourself, but unless you're doing it, don't do it. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I look back at the, the beginnings of our company when we started back in 2003. In 2003, started our own pest control company. The only sales rep we had that summer was me. Uh, I, I, I knocked for about five months and the only person we had hired uh, to, to do the, the technical work was my business partner. And it was just the two of us. And I would sell, he would service. And we did that until I got enough sales to where we started hiring other technicians to, to do, uh, you know, to take over routes and those types of things. So I, I just think if, if somebody is, is on their last leg and nothing else is working or something like that, like the, I, I would say one of the last things you want to do is door to door, unless you're invested in it, unless you want to do it personally. Yeah. Normally, that's, I feel like if you're in that yeah. situation, you, you probably got some bigger picture company things that need to get fixed before you try to scale it anyway. Well, there's so so one of the things that you said, Donnie, before, you know, you could buy a company and you can finance that company and go to the bank and everything. And and with a with a marketing campaign or a sales campaign, you can't really bank it unless you have a credit line. And sometimes you have that credit line. What's your what's your recommendation? Let's say I have a million dollars available to me on a credit line. Would and I say, Hey Lenny, let's go do a, a door campaign. Would you say, Yeah, go tap that thing for a million dollars? Or would you advise well, against it or it, what are you saying yeah it's different in that you know because my pest control company we've we've done acquisitions as well and obviously we've done door-to-door -door for, for a long time so we've been on both sides of the fence and it's it's a different mindset in terms of if you if you employ a door-to-door -door sales team you know the, the great thing about door-to-door -door is it's expensive but it's also pay to play like you don't you know we we do 100 commission unless we're talking the marathon route you know if we're talking the marathon route then we've got to put in a little salary and, and some bonuses and and you know maybe a vehicle and, and some of those type of perks but if we're talking purely summer sales door-to-door -door, uh at its most raw then then yeah you're going to be paying handsomely for those accounts uh and you're going to be paying that though as things are getting served. There, there's a few ways to set it up. You can, you can do, you know, uh, you know, pay go and you're basically paying as each service is done, you know, as a, as a client is receiving service, or you can do an advance to, to reps and then have backend checks. And there's a, there's a lot of different uh, strategies be, behind that. A lot of that depends on if they have that capital uh, at their disposal, you know, if, if there's some, uh, you know, some spacing out of, of when that capital becomes available to them, or, you know, depending on what the, the loan looks like or, or wherever they're getting their, uh, their funds from. So you don't want to play with scared money. You want to make sure that you're committed, right? So <laughs> Unless it's you, money. like I said, I, right, I right. feel like that's what I did for me is I banked on me. And I said, you know, I'd sold for Orkin for three years. And, and I said, you know, when my, my business partner and I were talking about this, I said, you can bank on me. I don't, you know, I'm a, you know, we're 50, 50 owners here. You don't need to pay me commissions or anything. I'm going to bank on myself, you know, and, and that's, that's what a business owner has the most to, to gain and the most to lose. So I'm always in that camp of if, if you really want to roll the dice, then you just got to get out there and do it yourself. And so how hang, do you, hang on, before you move on, just, yeah. just for our listeners. <clears throat> Hi, Roller Gordon there. I will yeah. say for me personally, if I were sitting on a million dollar line, I might would dedicate 40 to 50%. I would not tap my entire 
that's me personally, my risk tolerance. I would not just, just because, you know, that's things I've hedging, learned. hedging, sitting on the fence. <laughs> well, here's what I'll tell you. I have learned over yeah. many years, it's way easier to take out of that line than it is to put it back. So I'm just saying. Right. And, and well, there, <laughs> there's no, definitely. I, uh, we're of that same opinion, guys. I mean, we, we yeah. you know, we've never put all our eggs in the basket of, of door to door. There's no way. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's the the chair analogy, right? You need to have multiple legs on a chair for it to be stable. And and we've actually had summers where you, I can count on one hand how many door to door reps we've had and we've still grown. I mean, that, that to me is, is that's the golden goose of, of, you know, being in a position of, of having a door-to-door sales team or not, is you're going to grow regardless because of other, right. other ways that we're growing. So door-to-door is awesome. As, as we've mentioned with the, 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 the quickness and the velocity of growth that you can have, that's incredible. And the, the route density and all those things. But at the same time, if we don't need it, we don't have to do it. If we have a, a down recruiting year, or it's just not the, the quality of reps that we want, Okay, we'll we'll just keep plugging along, doing what we're doing. We'll grow anyway. So, what happens if you decide? So, so let's say you decide to do this. So, what what are the administrative things? How do we recruit? How many how many folks do we have on the doors? What kind of tracking and uh, you know uh, what 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 are you doing to set that up administratively? Because I'm sure it is a bit of a puzzle, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it really depends on how how many reps and and how much growth that you want. What my advice is this, I always tell, you know, my clients, I say, listen, if you can look at each rep and this would be a new rep. So somebody that's a new hire, if you look at each of them as generating about $50,000 of revenue in your business, that's, that's where the, the goal should be. That's about a sell a day. If you're looking at a 16 week summer, 98 knocking days ish, or, you know, something around there. Um, if, if that's what we're doing, then the the expectation should be around uh, you know fifty thousand dollars in generated revenue per rep, and, and if I can do that, then I can decide, hey, do I really want to blow this out of the water and hire twenty reps and get to the million mark, or do I want to do half that, or or do I want to do just two or three reps? If that's kind of you know if I'm dipping my toes in the water and and just seeing if this will be a viable uh, you know growth growth strategy for my company, so there, th- that's one way to look at it. The other thing just logistically is, is you need somebody to, to manage these reps. You know, it's, it, you can't just send them out there and expect that they're going to be so personally motivated that they're just going to go out and do it without, you know, somebody shepherding them, so to speak. And so, you know, daily training meetings are, are important. You have sales training meetings, you do practicing and role playing and all those things in those meetings to generate that level of competency. So when they go out, they're hitting those uh, those numbers. Now, I look at it as far as tracking reps that are already out there. I always look at it and go, the closing ratio, there's been studies done on closing ratio for, for different door-to-door industries or different home service industries doing door-to-door. For pest control, it can hover between one and 3%. And, and so you think about that and you go, okay, somebody's got to knock a hundred doors and one person might say yes, and not even knocking doors. I, I don't want to get there. They have to talk to a hundred people. I don't even track how many doors my reps knock. I think that's that's a, a wasted movement, so to speak, as far as you know, tracking data. I want to know how many conversations my reps are having, and then I want to find out out of those conversations how many people they qualify. They they generate a level of interest. I have three primary qualifiers that maybe we get into, maybe we don't. But um, and then I want to know what their closing ratio is. And then what I can do is I can take those numbers and find out where the where what part of the chain is broken or or needs to be mended a little bit because I can I can dial in and say okay this rep 
um, is a really a really great closer, but none of his accounts are getting serviced. So we probably need to look at solidifying the sale. You know, maybe he's above those attrition numbers we, we talked about earlier. So th those are the numbers I look for. I, and, and again, the goal ultimately, when you're talking about pest and lawn, the goal is to talk to seven people an hour, to get in front of seven potential buyers an hour. If, if you can just measure that, if that's the only KPI you're worried about, that in and of itself will, will tell most of the story, not all of it but you have to have reps that are getting in front of people because one of the worst jobs in the world uh, with door to door, uh, one of the worst things that can happen is you go out there and you don't talk to anybody because it's boring. You're going to get inside your own head. You're not making any money and it just gets miserable and it's, it's a downward spiral from there. So it's one to 3%. So you're getting the door slammed on your face 97 to 99 times out of a hundred. Yeah. And, and, and the goal that's, is 50 people a day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. You'd, you'd want to talk to 50 people a day. That's that's kind of our, our uh, you know, uh, benchmark for, for our employees. So. So, yeah, you, you're getting a lot now. Now, if you're good at it, if you can endure that that difficulty of, of the first part, I mean, I have reps and, and myself, you know, could, could be thrown in that. Sometimes you you sell 50 percent of the people you talk to in a day. Sometimes it's 70 percent. Sometimes it's 80. You, you know, mm -hmm. so so th there are there are sunnier days ahead. But for brand new reps that, that you're recruiting and getting out there on the doors, I, you know, you have to set a proper expectation. And that expectation is you're going to get your teeth kicked in uh, for a little yeah, while. Definitely. And that's just yeah. part of it. I, I'm laughing at Dan you slammed the doors, slammed on you 99. They're going to spit on you too, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so one, one thing I'm, we kind of glossed over this. This is a huge deal. And I want to, I want to spend a little bit more time on it, which is recruiting. And how do you get a team? You know, I mean, for, I mean, I know every single person that's listening to this podcast, they're having some sort of issue in recruiting, whether or not it's with a door team or not. I mean, it could be with technicians, it could be with office staff or whatever. And maybe I'm being overly presumptuous here, but every time I talk to someone, this is, seems to be the hottest topic that we're talking about. And I got to believe that's even more difficult for folks who are signing up for this kind of work. Um, so can you just talk a little bit through like, well, how do you go about getting a team and what are your options? You know, like, again, we're going back to the person that doesn't have, has, has not gotten into this strategy yet. Okay. So they're going to call you. What are you going to advise people? Like, this is how you get started in terms of getting a team. What would you say? Yeah, I, I think we need to find yourself hanging out or, you know, those that are going to be leading these teams, they, they have to hang out where these, you know, teenagers, 20 somethings are, are hanging out. You, you have to get in front of those people. And, you know, where are they now? Well, they're probably, if they're like my kids, they're on their phones and, and they're, you know, TikTok and Instagram and, and all of those things and, and they're on social media. And so if you can get in front of them and, and you have to think about, you know, can you connect with them? A lot of business owners, I mean, I'm in my forties, uh, a lot of business owners that are maybe even in their thirties or maybe they're just a, a very, uh, you know, uh, mature 20 something year old, whatever the case may be, they probably can't really connect. I mean, I, I remember for me when I got out of recruiting in my own company with door to door, uh, as far as the grassroots level, it was when I had kids that were the age of these kids. And I'm just like, I, man, I, I am having a really hard time relating to, to a 19 year old now. I'm, you know, I've got a, a son who's, you know, 19. So, uh, so for me, it's, it's finding the right people to, to get in uh, those groups and finding out where they're hanging out. And then uh, again, there's, we can talk about, you know, recruiting meetings and, and what you do there and some consistency level of getting people to show up at the same place at the same time, whether you're recruiting on college campuses 
or maybe around the, the local watering holes, you know, where, where a lot hang out, maybe off campus, those types of things. There's a lot of ways that you can um, you can find these people, but you have to be hanging out or have your people hanging out where they're hanging out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So one other thing, and we're getting close to the end here. So I want to, I want to try to make the most out of our time here. So if, if someone is very, very interested in finding these people that are hanging out, would they, I mean, would they say, okay, we're all going to Utah or are they going to be like, we're going to do it local at our local colleges? Like what, what's the, you know, what, what would be a strategy for even finding the person that is hanging out with these folks? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple thoughts on that because so, we've had it work both ways really well over the years and, and we've had some locals that that have just crushed it. We had a, a group in, in Michigan in one of our offices one year was the top group. None of them had ever done sales. They were in a sales program uh, at their school, I believe it was in Western Michigan. And, you know, we, we hired them out to, to drive a couple hours down the road and, and hang out and, you know, in the in the metro of, of Detroit. And, you know, they, they were our top group. And it wasn't, you know, any, anybody from Utah or anybody that done church missions or anything like that. You don't need that. Again, I'm going to go back to the training, right? You need to have yeah. the proper training. You need to train them the right way. And, but, but again, that was a, that was a group of people that, um, that, that again, that really had no business, uh, so to speak in, in being our, our top office, but they were certainly you can, if you transplant people outside it, it's, you know, it reminds me of the story of my COO, uh, you know, who's been with us since, you know, year two, basically of, of our operation and, and his first year, he was a, you know, kid right out of high school and he drove his car from Idaho down to, I believe it was Albuquerque and he got to Albuquerque and in two weeks he sold nothing. And he said, I, I, I can't do this. There's no way. And he says, the only reason I stayed is because I had no money to drive home for gas or get an airplane <laughs> ticket home. I, 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 I had to stay. I, and, I, and he ended up being the top first year rep in his office that year because he stayed. And, and so sometimes it's setting proper expectations, whether somebody has gone out of state or, or down the road, you know, uh, you know, further away, or, or maybe they're just local. I always tell my reps, you, you can't even tell me if you're going to be able to do this or not until you've talked to 600 people. That, that's our expectation. That's 50 people a day, six days a week for two weeks. Your first two weeks, I couldn't care less how it goes. Again, if the expectation is set that it's going to be very difficult, you're going to hear a lot of no's, but just use that as a learning um, environment that, that it's almost like a, a, you know, paid training on the job training, so to speak, even, even though if they're hundred percent commission, they're not going to get paid, but, but maybe you can advance or, you know, there's different ways we can look at doing that. But, but as long as, as you have that rep with proper expectations, they can, they can gut out those first two weeks. It gets a lot easier because the objections start becoming the exact same ones. And then you become, you know, a lot better uh, equipped to handle those objections. In fact, one of my main strategies is getting in front of objections, you know, having objections, uh, you know, you, you state those objections before the customer is going to bring them up. If you can get in, in those habits and, and really start to dial in this process that I teach, then it just becomes so much easier. Right. So right. if, if you wanted to get involved with this and you said it, it's kind of a, it, it, it's a long game, it's not, you're, you're not just going to succeed right away. So there's consultants, uh, like yourself who can help put it together. There are, uh, sales companies that I guess have overflows that, and they're kind of farming out their guys. If you want to come out of the box and win right away, would you hire one of those companies, see what they're doing, hire you, uh, see what you're doing and try to do it. It, it just seems to me that if you're not, if you've never done this before, it's a huge investment 
and it's highly risky. How would you do it if, if you were somebody who said, okay, I want to do it. We're, we're good. Let's go. So I have a few clients, even that, that we'd use that, you know, I would trust to hire out. The challenge with hiring out though, unless a company has been properly vetted, I have seen train wrecks year over year over year with people trying to hire this company out of Utah where somebody comes in saying, you know, they're the next greatest thing. They'll get a hundred reps on the doors. And you know, what ends up happening a lot of time, and you had mentioned this, Dan, with the, the, the overflow, uh, you know, a lot of companies that just recruit too many, which, hey, that'd be a great problem to have, we all think, but they recruit too many. Well, I promise you that the reps they're sending you are not their cream of the crop. They might say they are, but they're not. And right. then you get that situation where people are coming in and they're bought into that marketing company. They're not bought into your pest control, your lawn care company, and they don't really care. They don't really have a connection with you. And I, I don't mean to, to, to sound trite mm -hmm. there, but but really, they're, they're just in there to make as much money as, as they can. And well, inevitably, what happens, they don't represent your brand well enough. And, and then you get a lot of people that, you know, you ruin some of your you know, reputation, some of your, you know, we all try so hard as business owners to get these five star reviews and, and, and look a certain way in, in, in our uh, online presence. And that gets hammered. And then you have these reps that call crying to their managers, you know, three weeks into the summer. Well, they don't, they're not taking care of us and they're this, we want to go somewhere else. And next thing you know, you have zero and, yep. and you've hired the technicians, you've bought the trucks, you've wrapped the trucks, you've got the equipment, you've got the products, you've done everything you could possibly do to roll the red carpet out for these guys and they could be gone like that. And so I, I'm really opposed to somebody going in blindly trying to recruit uh, some kind of door-to-door -door team out of Utah or Idaho or wherever else. Now, if I've vetted them, if I've used them, I mean, there are, like I said, there's a, there's a few out there that I would trust to, that, that would take care of business, or I would say that even, you know, the cost is going to be outrageous even for, for these ones. Um, so I, I normally, I would say my primary thing is let's teach you how to do it. Let's be patient with us. Let's not have expectations of, of doing a million dollars your first year in door to door, but let's set some ben benchmarks that you can work towards and, and really build the, this recruiting funnel because you can build it. it. It just takes people having success. If they have success, they're going to tell their friends, they're going to come back again. Experienced reps, their closing ratio is not 3%. You know, it could be, you know, 10 to 20%, you know, on average. And then you're looking at, at, at perpetuating something, you know, that, that you can actually build on uh, rather than just trying to sub it out every summer. So well, here's I, one I, that I, I was looking at, or I was talking to somebody the other day, a, a door team, uh, a, a bunch of guys. And what they were saying is that a lot of these uh, outsourced guys are um, selling for much higher prices than their competition. So they're able to recruit better because they can talk to their reps or their potential reps and say, you're going to make much more money this summer. The problem is they're selling at such high prices that their attrition is pretty high because the next guy, how do you feel about that? Is that something that you've encountered? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the, probably within the last six or seven years, you've seen that where it used to be a volume play and you'd see a lot of reps just trying to, to hit that volume. And I think in, in, you know, reps got smarter and maybe a little lazier. I don't know, maybe a combination of both. I'm not sure what mm -hmm. it is. But then reps thought, well, geez, I can work half as half as hard as I used to sell just, you know, not sell, maybe sell half as many accounts. But if I double the contract value, right, then mm -hmm. I'm going to get paid just as much as I would have selling half, half as much. So I, I think there is some of that, that that goes into it. So, yeah, you, you know, and, and you as the business owner, you have the authority to say this is our pricing parameters. 
And I think some business owners have made that mistake of saying, just sell it for as high as you can sell it. And, and that's a, a problem. And, yeah, and that's that not the right way to do it. Because then you have people talk to people, right? Like, like, mm -hmm. hey, my mom and dad are down the road from me or my sister lives, you know, the city across town. Why am I paying twice as much as her? You know, and, yeah. and then yeah. th that's where door to door gets that bad rap. So it used to be like, um, you know, we're, we're, we're selling as low as we can, you know, for door to door to get the volume. And now it's we're going to sell as high as we can. We feel we got somebody on the hook. But either way, that that you're just not fitting where where your you know your pricing structure is set up and how your company's set up, um, mm -hmm. and and that's a problem as well. So yeah, you see it from from the high contract values all the way down to the low contract values. There, there's challenges there. Well, right. I will say this has been. So I think Dan, I think we need to have Lenny on for another episode. We have yeah, not. We well, I was going to say we have not gotten through nearly half our outline here, and this has been great. And all I can say is Amen, brother Lenny, to the the things that can happen because it certainly happened with us. We, we use an outside company and everything you just mentioned. I, can confirm. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I, want to say I, anything. I, 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 list. I was I saying yep, that's triangle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I can they, confirm. They, they up and left halfway through the summer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can <laughs> confirm. So, and, and I about lost my head when that all went down, but anyway, so with that, <laughs> um, yeah, the, Lenny, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much for coming on board. Um, like I said, for for our listeners, we're gonna we're gonna put uh, Lenny's contact info up on our show notes. We'll link his website, those types of things. Just a reminder that all the resources and topics that we talked about today are available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, we appreciate any ratings and reviews that you could give us. And like I always say, all complaints go to Dan. And with that, we're going to sign off. Thanks again, Lenny. We'll see you all next time. Take care now. Thanks, Lenny. Thanks, guys.